Hey everybody, my name is Fuad. And it's your boy Damien, aka DJ. And this is the Into the Adultverse podcast. Um, this is a podcast where we want to make you guys into healthy, wealthy, and wise adults. And how per se do we do that? Well, we do so through dissecting some of the things that we find uh, interesting and we believe would be beneficial towards you. And some of these things include science, business, tech, and politics, amongst many others. So with that being said, welcome to the podcast and let's dive right into today's topic. So today we're going to be talking about um, the media landscape and how to navigate uh, this chaotic media deluge that we're all being put through. Um, and so what do, what do we mean by that? Well, nowadays there's a lot of news being thrown around and kind of thrust upon you at all times, especially with the advent of social media. Um, and so we're going to be talking about a little bit about our personal experiences navigating that media landscape, but also just the subject at large and how to kind of you know, process and understand things that are going on in the world. Absolutely. So I think a good place to start would be with the Oxford Dictionary Word of the Year for 2016, if you're familiar with what that is. Oh, I'm not. What is that? So the the 2016 Word of the Year is post-truth. And I find that to be very fitting um, given the topic at hand. So what is post-truth and what do people mean when they say that we live in a post-truth world well essentially what they're trying to say is that we're living in a society where the importance of factual information runs secondary to the information that appeals to our emotions um and so you might know this uh by another term um like uh, confirmation bias as what that's basically what it is too right we do have a lot of information a lot of news to sift through so it makes it a lot easier if we can just find the things that corroborate our side of the story and the things that we believe, because who, let's be honest, like who really wants to go through that whole loop of finding something that uh, runs contrary to the things you believe and then having to reassess your beliefs and, and, you know, just over and over got to figure out, okay, what is the real truth behind it? So you know, let me just stick with my side of the story because my side of the story is right. Yeah. And that's where the emotion comes into it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, good case of that is of course the anti-vaccine movement which got so bad that last year the world health organization actually listed it as one of the top 10 threats to global health oh my god that's incredible that's like you know that's the the extreme side of the story where um when you start looking for information again that appeals just to your emotions and what you believe in there's um this quote by voltaire which i feel like encapsulates this perfectly and it's a really powerful quote but uh he said the uh sorry if people can make you believe absurdities they can make you commit atrocities yeah yeah i mean like that's a really good quote that is atrocious these anti-vaxxers look what they're putting their kids through yeah so like someone needs to take their parenting license away from them because like <laughs> this is not this is not safe this is not good this is not healthy for the oh, kids no, definitely. I agree. it's not healthy for everyone around them 
yeah yeah and i think you bring up a really good point about emotion where um a lot of these news articles and like these media headlines these days um they really center on taking that emotion and putting it right in front of your face and eliciting a response from that um Mm -hmm. they don't really you know nobody's trying to make an argument based on the facts anymore everybody's trying to make these arguments predicated on your emotional response to a certain headline or to a certain topic that they know you have maybe a preconditioned bias against or for and that bias just shows through even more once you read these you know provocative headlines and like we've all kind of you know there's memes about it and we've all kind of seen like those youtube videos just like try this one weird trick to lose fifteen thousand pounds of belly fat in three seconds you know what i mean and like things like that and like yeah i mean all those are just indicative of the landscape that just rewards this emotional aspect over things like facts. So like, for example, the vaccines that you were talking about, it's, it's appealing to the emotional part of parents where, you know, you have a newborn child and like a vaccine might be an intimidating thing for you. And plus, you know, the benefits of a vaccine aren't necessarily seen immediately. That's kind of the whole point of a vaccine. You don't see the benefits immediately and vaccines don't really help unless everybody gets a vaccine, right? Um, if all the kids in, in, in this country get the same vaccine, then, you know, we have a pretty good chance of eradicating this disease. But if they don't, you know, if only three or four kids in a community are getting them, then it doesn't really make a difference in the first place. So um, it's appealing to that emotional response rather than like kind of the factual long term response. That is what we should be focusing on when it comes to something like vaccines. Absolutely. And like it's again, like it can get very dangerous, which is why like, this is such an important issue. Like, for example, like not everybody can uh, can get vaccines like not everybody has an immune system that can withstand that and some people rely on that herd immunity that comes from um everybody else basically getting the vaccines right so Mm -hmm. we have all of this information um, uh, deluging our like media streams um everywhere from the newspapers um to our phones and you know what is really being done to try and rectify that like to make sure that the things that we are seeing are actually true and factual and um maybe one of the things we can talk about um is the leaders prize that we were talking about earlier yeah yeah absolutely so uh for for those of you who aren't familiar um i i don't i'm not actually 100 percent familiar with the, the organization that runs the leaders prize but the concept is that um it's essentially like a competition um uh, actually, maybe you want to do a better job of explaining what the competition is, and then I'll talk a little bit more specifically about the solution. Sure, sure, yeah. Yeah. So essentially, the Leaders Prize is a monetary reward of a million dollars to the team or individual that can most effectively automate the fact checking uh, the fact checking process using artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not too sure about the nuances of that and what exactly uh, that looks like behind the screen or like what's happening with the actual fact checking process, but yeah. Essentially, the end goal is to be able to um, curate a news feed that is completely factual. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of a lot of software that goes behind it for sure. Um, and a little bit of a segue. Um, we we I was at a hackathon um, a couple of years ago at, at Yale, and they did they had a similar you know kind of incentive prize um, for for part of the hackathon, and it was to design you know like a, a fake news app, a, an app to combat fake news. And the winning team actually of the hackathon won this challenge. And what they did was they essentially designed um, kind of um, 
a Chrome extension that would go through at, and like monitor your website usage as you're using Google Chrome. And what it would do is um, every time you came across an article, it would annotate things that were likely to be fake news and like kind of make it a little bit easier for you to see that. And on top of that, anytime you're on a political page, what it would do is it would place the article that you're reading on the political spectrum from left to right um, and show you where on the spectrum that article was. And then also suggest other articles on the same topic that were outside of your worldview. Um, so let's say you're reading an article on abortion oh, and you're very, very anti-abortion. It would suggest your articles on the topic of abortion that were you know, more towards the left, more like pro-abortion. Um, and yeah, like I, I thought that was a super cool project, but you know, the software processes behind these are like, not, I, I don't want to say simple, but the principle is that, um, it's all mostly NLP stuff, uh, natural language processing, mm-hmm. where you're, you have a huge data set available with all these, you know, different news sources and it's using those news sources to kind of like triangulate on the most accepted version of the truth. And that in itself is like, is, is, is like a hard thing to do because like, you know, what do you consider as the gospel truth? Just because a lot of people are saying it, is that true? Um, and, mm-hmm. and that just brings up a whole another conundrum, but really, really cool competition actually. And McMaster student is in, I think in first place, um, or like yeah, he's entering the competition in first place. Um, and the, the competition has yet to conclude, uh, but hopefully, you know, we win that, get a little representation for our school. would be really cool. Um, but yeah. Represent McMaster, you know. Absolutely, man. <laughs> um, but it's just ridiculous that it's gotten to this point, you know, that we can so casually call truth into question that you never would have thought that we would have gotten to this point. And if you look at, like, around the world, how many other communities are literally struggling to just get their next meal? And we're out here just, like, shooting ourselves in the foot, basically, with these things, <laughs> right? Like, it's yeah. ridiculous. Um, but there's also you know, like through the evolution of technology, there's a lot of nefarious um, solutions, I guess, to, or not even solutions, like there's a lot of nefarious uh, programs and software that has come, that uh, sprung up that makes this problem even harder to navigate. For example, like deep fakes, right? Yeah. That, like, that's oh, insane tech going on there. And like, it's just, you have deep fakes, you have yeah. Photoshop, you have, um, yeah, I don't know if you heard of it, like Adobe Voco. Yeah. You've heard of Voco? So Yeah. Um, for those that haven't heard about about it, Voco, it never actually ended up being released as an actual product, but they um they had like a showcase basically where they showed how you can essentially Photoshop somebody's voice. Which is to say like you just feed the the software um a recording of somebody talking. It would take that and then you can essentially manipulate it to make the person say anything you wanted yeah like yeah. you know what i mean like oh yeah and it's not even just that like it's like they have that stuff with faces and stuff too i, I don't know if you've heard of amazon Re- recognition yeah 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 Yeah. so amazon recognition is like the amazon's kind of like honor prize uh facial recognition software uh but you know it, it's not that far from you know semi these like x number of video recordings from this one person's face at you know three different angles and i can send you whatever you want from this person you know what i mean like show that person's face doing whatever you want and it, it's incredible like the, the, there was that one video of kim kardashian or whatever that deep fake that was circling around the internet and it's completely undistinguishable from her other instagram videos you know what i mean like there's zero it's way crazy, you can yeah. tell 
And it's crazy how technology has exacerbated this problem um, for sure. And it's also like, you know, doing its part to try and rectify this problem. It's, it's almost like, yeah, it, it's funny how like that, that's like a circular argument where like we're using technology to create better and better fakes and then using technology to detect these better and better fakes, like better and better technology to create better fakes and better and better technology to detect those better fakes. Mm -hmm. And it's, yeah, like digital fingerprinting and all that sort of stuff is like such a huge field. But, you know, on the, on the note of keeping things a little bit more practical, what are some ways you think that you are able to kind of sift through this like media heavy world and kind of like compose your thoughts and actually target good media sources? I want to hear a little bit more about that. Well, when it comes to that, so I feel like if we're going to get into this, we've got to start right at the top with the, with the headline, right? Like, yeah, for the love of God, do not just read the headline, take it at face value and just, you know, just, I don't tell you, tell yourself this narrative that like, okay, like, so now I know what's happening in the paper just from reading the headline, right? Mm -hmm. Headlines are sensationalized and if you're going through your newsfeed or whatever and you see something that catches your attention, that should be that first symptom that you look for, right? Like they, these headlines are written to grab your attention, to spark outrage, whatever it is. But that's when you got to slow down and start thinking about, okay, what am I really read, uh, reading here? So diving then into like the full article, you read, it, you read it through and you have this idea what it's talking about. Consider the source that you're getting this information from right and that includes the author that includes the the platform that is really on because everything everything is biased it's everything leans in some certain political direction mm-hmm. right um so you have your sources and look at supporting sources too um you know like we we're, we're college kids and um i know <laughs> As a matter of fact, that some of my friends, when they're uh, writing their formal papers, they've put in random sources in their citations list just to make that list longer, and it doesn't actually contribute to their paper at all. Oh yeah. 100%. So yeah. there's nothing stopping actual people in the quote unquote real world from doing that too. So check their supporting sources. Um, check your own biases. You know, like. Don't let your biases like bleed into it because again, like it goes back to what we kind of opened the episode with. If it like consider your own beliefs and like ask yourself, like, okay, like is this affecting my judgment? Because I I don't want to just take that at face value, like, you got to read into it a bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, and if possible, ask some experts, yeah, those are really good tips, yeah, yeah. And that's uh, do you have any other tips? Yeah, no, those are really good tips. I, I was just going to like slow it down, you know, and like kind of think about oh, like, sorry, one yeah, of the things. Kinda, like, no, 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 that's, that's really like good. That. But that's, it, it's definitely a lot of inf- information. And like, I think those are all really good tips, especially, you know, like if you have access to an expert, like obviously asking, asking an expert is like such a, such a valuable thing. And I think that's something we don't realize we actually have access to. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people in your circles might know things, you know, like might be more interested in certain things than you are especially as university students, like there's a lot of like, you know, maybe the, a, a new article comes out about neuroscience. You can talk to a neuroscience kid, you know, I'm sure you know one on campus or something like that. So that's a really good point actually. Um, and I hadn't thought about that. But one of the ways in which I kind of, um, you know, navigate this media landscape is I like to start from being very, very intentional about how I consume media. And so what I mean by that is, like you said, the source and the headline are really big, 
really important things. And what I like to do is like, I like to like dial things back and think things through like a higher level first, because I know that when I'm in the moment and if I'm just scrolling down Instagram or whatever it is, whatever app I'm on, I'm not going to actually consider anything else. I'm just going to read it and, you know, have a knee jerk reaction to it. And it is what it is. It's really hard to kind of um, put yourself in the moment and force yourself to do all this hard work every time you come across an article, because the reality is we just don't have the, the brain power for it. We don't have the effort for it and we don't have the time for it. Um, mm-hmm. And so what I like to do is like, I like to make the, my future me's job easier for myself. Um, and there's this whole like, you know, present me versus future me thing. Uh, I think I read it in Atomic Habits, really good book if you haven't read it. Um, but how I do that is I really select brands and media sources that I really trust and make it such that I, I can time my consumption from them throughout my day. So um, I have like specific podcasts that I listen to in the morning to consume specific sources of media. So like I have my global news podcast, I have like, you know, my American news podcast, whatever it is. And then I have a specific app that I read news from, um, you know, from a certain select number of journalists. Um, I use the New York Times app. I really, I really fuck with the New York Times community and like, you know, um, the, the value of journalism there. Um, and so like, I don't mind contributing either. Um, and then, you know, like depending on the new subjects that come, I have different sources for it. So like my financial news I'll get from one source um, that I really believe is like, you know, like an objective source. And I'll also mix it up. Like I won't like just get my news sources, like global news sources from one global news company. I'll like mix it up such that like it's like a differently owned company as well. And so things like that, I think make it a lot easier for you to ingest this content when you're actually there in the moment. Because like for me, um, it's really hard for me to like look at an article and like, you know, like read it and then think about like, oh, well, let me just check these sources. Cause like you have to scroll all the way to the bottom, you know, it might take you like 20 minutes to read all these sources. And like, it's, it's, it's really hard to like, you know, if you're scrolling through Insta and you see a headline to not have a reaction to it. Cause like sometimes you don't even have access to the whole article, right? Sometimes it's hidden behind a paywall or whatever it is. So what I really like to do is like, I like to follow, you know, like the journalists and um, storytellers and like news media outlets that I really care about. And I think bring value to the world on Instagram, download the apps, um, you know, for whatever purpose it is. And also make use of podcasts as well, because I think they're a really good long form way of listening to media um, and tackle things a little bit from, from there rather than like mm-hmm. on the individual article level, because I feel like if you have more reputable sources overall, um, it makes it a lot easier of a job. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I think it is important um, definitely to make sure you mix up your sources. Um, you know, like as I, I want to, like, I want to believe that we can get truly objective um, mm-hmm. journaling sources. Um, but, I don't know. It's just it's almost like every other day you hear something about how um, somebody has some uh, uh, some uh, they've received like a large sum of money just to help promote a product that nece- not necessarily uh, oh, yeah. is as advertised or whatever. Influencers, like, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. And journalism is like a big thing too because, like, of course, like as you're saying, like people go to these news outlets to um, to basically find out like what's actually happening in the world right and i guess using that as like a bit of a segue do you think it it would be possible to implement policy at yeah well let's let's just say like a federal level for now like implement policy at a federal level to 
basically rectify that problem with fake news and implement maybe um like i don't know if it's like a punishment or like some process in which you can get rid of the fake news that exists on the internet so yeah this is a really interesting topic um first off i think like it's an interesting question where like federal jurisdiction ends and the internet begins because like mm-hmm. like you have to remember that like the internet is, is sort of like I, I wouldn't say free um, i don't think the internet is truly free i don't and i don't mean like in terms of illuminati or whatever but i mean like in terms of like you know you go to china <laughs> and like you can't access certain sites right yeah and like uh, but I will say that, like, if you live in a North American society, we like to believe that you can, you know, you can access any information on the Internet. And while mm-hmm. I don't want that to change, I do think there's a role for government to play in terms of this this new era, uh, the new post-truth era. And I think there is definitely a place for legislation to. And it's not a question of like if it's a question of when, uh, when government needs to start getting involved in terms of like legislating such that like there's a punishment for uh a news agency or like a website or like a reputable website or news agency putting out information that is obviously false. Right. And like, whether that be a fine or something like that, I mean, there's already like defamation law, right. So like if the New York times posts like a factually incorrect article of you that like, you know, like causes you severe harm in the public image, like you can sue them for defamation. You know what I mean? And like things like that. But I think there's definitely like, there definitely should be more of a push to, bring that to not just like big news companies, but also just the internet at large. And like, you know, yeah. maybe, maybe a federal app or federal Chrome extension like that is a solution. I don't know if we're quite there yet in terms of that, but I think it's, it's a really interesting discussion for sure. Well, it's interesting because um, I think there are like just a very small handful of countries that have tried pushing that. Oh yeah. And one of them is Singapore. So cool. if you look at what Singapore has done, and this is like why I'm very skeptical about this, but basically, like um, Singapore has passed legislation, um, which basically allows them to be the arbiters of like truth, and they can basically manipulate any information that's on uh, this online that's deemed, quote unquote, prejudicial to Singapore's security, public safety, public tranquility, or to the friendly relations of Singapore with other countries. Yeah. And, <laughs> Obviously, like, so, like, two of the major uh, companies that have been going to be affected by that are, like, Facebook and Google, right? Yeah. Through every stage of that process, they were opposing it, and they were basically just trying to, like, halt the progress of this um, petition passing through, but eventually made it through, and, you know, like, again, like, I want, I I, want to believe in our... um, in our judicial and uh, legislative branches and everything, right? Like, and I don't want to make myself sound like a nihilist or anything like that, but basically, what Singapore is using this newfound power for is to censor information that criticizes the government, basically, uh-huh, as uh-huh. opposed to rec- rectifying like actually harmful fake news. Yeah. So that's like. And if you think about it, like if it were to be implemented in the West, like what's preventing our governments from doing exactly that, right? Yeah. No, I hundred percent agree. I think it's a really interesting problem. Like China has this problem already, where like China doesn't even have like Facebook. You know what I mean? Like they have their own version of everything, and like yeah, and yeah. all those sort of things. And like, um, yeah, man. Like I, I, I think it is hard because it's almost like we're trading power for, like that these tech companies hold for power that government holds, and vice versa. So just as an example, like, um, 
Facebook, you know, has been getting a lot of flack for not censoring things like Nazism on their platform, oh, yeah. right? Um, and uh, I was actually having a conversation in, in the car today uh, with my coworkers about it. And it was a really good conversation. But, um, um, you, you know, like, and they were, they were joking. They were like, oh, there's two solutions. Either you don't use Facebook or you just, you, you know, you kill all the Nazis or whatever. But, like, <laughs> but essentially it's like, um, like, Facebook has a responsibility as a platform, right? Or do they? To, um, to stop information like this being spread um, across their platform and influencing users. Mm-hmm. And then Facebook's argument is, you know, we're just a platform. We don't create the content. We don't write these things. We're not trying to influence anybody in any way. Uh, we're an open platform. Anybody can use us for whatever they want. So it's like, do you believe that Facebook has a responsibility to, like, to, to censor things like that? And, like, you know, to, like, um, to curtail that free speech in a way or do you believe they don't and if they do you're basically saying that facebook has the same power that the government has if not more power in today's day and age with regards to media um and should facebook have that power right like you're basically saying like hey like hey like all these 25 to 35 year old software engineers that are mostly white males from good schools now have the power to choose exactly what happens in media 100 and and so does mark zuckerberg you know and like should he have that power like are we just trading power in government that we elected at least for power from, you know, like a publicly 100%. funded company, like, or like a privately owned company? Like how, how does that, how does that conversation kind of fit into that view? What do you think? It's, oh my God. Like, I'm so glad you brought that up. Cause like, that is a, it's, it's so crazy how much power that we don't even think about it from the day to day, just because we're kind of, mm-hmm. we tend to be mindless consumers of like, these, <laughs> this. Like, yeah. Mindless is a good way to put the it. internet or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. But if you look at like Google, for example, right, um, they like these companies are the most powerful entities that exist today just because they're basically the ones that are deciding what we see when we use the Internet. Mm-hmm. You're know I mean? like, yeah, I-, I can't remember what it was for, but like back when um, so they brought some Google representatives into um, the Senate, and they were like interrogating them about something. I can't remember. Into Congress, yes, yeah. yeah. They were talking about Cambridge Analytica specifically. Oh, that's what it was for. Yeah, and they asked okay, the okay, stupidest yeah. question. They were like, they they uh, that was a whole mess. But yeah, continue. Yeah, but they asked Google, like, you know, do you manipulate search results? And they said, you know, no. Which you know, that's their that's their entire job is to sift through the information uh, through the internet and then show us the most relevant results right yeah like, that is the entire job. Yeah. Like, it's insane to think about like the amount of power that holds and like it may not be intuitive like exactly how that's true but for example how we were talking about how china um manipulates the, the information that its residencies right yep i'm finally like reading 1984 for the first time oh yeah you and read it nice bro yeah. i yeah i'm like about three quarters of the way through it and it it's just crazy how this was written decades ago and yeah. it still stands true today a hundred percent yeah and of course like in the book like it details a lot um a more extreme example of like what could happen mm-hmm. but there are elements of it that really do apply um towards how countries like china or like north korea are um are reigning over its citizens and it just it's it's insane man like yeah yeah it's a really good book for sure and it's a really interesting topic but you're absolutely right like it's like 
Yeah, I mean, it depends on your your definition of manipulating, and I think that was really selectively answered. But it's like obviously, like that's their entire job. Like the mm-hmm. the algorithm, you know, page rank or whatever it is that ranks pages literally is is meant to determine what is the highest priority for you to see right now. And the exactly. way they do that is completely pro- proprietary. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and it's it's not like a it's not like you can you can put that algorithm on a spectrum and see where its political agendas lie. Like the algorithm is so complex that like no single human being understands it. You know what I mean? Like it's not that easy. It's like Netflix's recommendation algorithm. Like it's like a black box at this point. Like there's so many things feeding into it that nobody really knows what's going on. And that's, that's just such an interesting problem because like we think that this is such a human issue, but really the consequences are so wide reaching that like, you know, a single human or a single group of humans can't even control this anymore. Um, and, and I think people don't realize that, like, you know, how much of an issue that it is, like, yeah, it's like, oh, well, you know, like, Google can, like, you know, show me different results. But, like, that's, like, every time you look for something factual nowadays, almost every time it's through Google. You Google something. Mm-hmm. It's, it's become part of our vocabulary. And imagine that, like, you know, like, you Google the answer to, like, how old is Kobe Bryant? And you get, like, 75, you know, and you know that's wrong. And, like, but how would you know that if everyone around you thought it was 75 and Google said mm-hmm. it was 75. You know what I mean? Like, how do you actually verify information like that in that post-truth world, in a world where your source of truth is something that is determined not just by other people, but by an algorithm that people can't even understand anymore? Mm-hmm. That's a bugger like that. And like, that's yeah. exactly right. And like manipulating their thought and like the, the things that they actually think about is something, again, like it's such a, surreptitious like low-key process we don't even realize is happening but when they're kind of telling you what to think and how to think <laughs> yeah it's a it's that's you know that's how you that's how you read sheep so you read sheep so that's why like again this go going back to like the topic at hand this is exactly why it's so important to be able to be a more astute consumer of information within the post-truth world because mm-hmm. so much information out there is just there to um, just to spark outrage predominantly just because that's the thing that gets the most engagement on these on these platforms so you can't be going to you can't be going to facebook for your news you cannot that cannot be like your only mm-hmm. um, destination to get all the know-how about what's happening around the world yeah like diversify that and yeah and like do do the whole world a favor please yeah absolutely so on that note let's get a little bit more practical with that too like um, I'm going to talk about some of the some of the ways I structure my media and some of the new sources I like to you know consume. It. And I already mentioned kind of already and naturally if you're listening to this, um, you probably are into podcasts. And I think podcasts are a really great way uh, for you to consume independent media, but also to consume media during times in which you might not otherwise be able to consume media. Like let's say you're driving, for example, um, instead of just like flicking on like Spotify or whatever it is. And Spotify has podcasts now. Uh, you can put on instead of music a, a podcast and like listen to you know whatever news you want to listen to during the day and the thing about podcasts is like choice is very open it's very cheap and very easy to get a podcast out on spotify or apple Podcasts or something like that um and mm-hmm. so um it's easy to get independent small uh you know like smaller news media agents rather than just like super corporate heavily backed agents um Although I do listen to those as well. Like one of my favorite podcasts is The Daily by the New York Times and the whole New York Times ecosystem is something I really buy into for sure. Um, There's also different apps out there and like different news organizations, but like 
uh, one thing that I've started to do is I've started separating things by geography. Um, and so like, you know, uh, when I listen to my morning news podcast, I don't just listen to like the daily by the New York times. I listen to like BBC world news, uh, because I know BBC world news is owned by somebody else. So they don't have the same biases as, you know, the New York times family of businesses, but also because like they offer like a different world perspective because they're like less Amerocentric and more like Eurocentric. Um, and then I also listen to Al Jazeera news, which is like deal specifically with news from the Middle East and things like that. Um, so those are some of the sources I use and some of the ways like I, you know, try and consume media. Uh, Twitter is also a really good, really, really good tool. It, it can get out of hand sometimes, you know, depending on what news you follow and who you follow. Uh, but I think Twitter is still one of the best tools out there. How about you? Like, what, what are some of the ways you can you, you believe you actually like kind of deal with this problem in your life? Well, I guess like my my solution for it is just diversification of the yeah. sources I go to, um, especially when it comes to um, some of the more large scale um, things that are happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, like, do you remember like sometime early last year, there was this incident with some kids from uh, Covington Catholic School, where it's basically like these white teenage boys um, mm-hmm. They were out like on a field trip or whatever, and they were wearing MAGA hats, the Make America Great Again hats, yeah, and yeah. basically like getting up in the face of this native elder who I was do going through this. this. Like, yeah, you do remember this, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it continues so, the story though. Yeah, this is yeah. So basically, like, the kids. So there was a video that was leaked, um, and that's all we saw is like these snobby-looking um, white kids just getting up in the face of this like Native American elder, who is performing some like. Uh, some ritual or some rite, some dance, and it looked like they were basically there to uh, like intimidate or just like mock him in a way. So the video was leaked and it blew up, went viral. And mm-hmm. why I really like this as an example is because that was all that we had for a little bit, right? That's all the information that we had, and it really acted as like a like a like a Royce Cock uh, inkblot test. Yeah, and yeah. it showed how each side, like each political leaning side, was kind of seeing what they wanted to see from that video. So the uh, left leaning uh, individuals would say like, "Oh, this is like an example of white supremacy. These yeah. kids are basically like um, um, imposing their power over this this other guy." And uh-huh. then the right leaning be like, "Okay, this is an example of how Christians are persecuted minorities or whatever it is." And <laughs> a little later and again like this was more a reflection of their worldview than the incident yeah absolutely. right so they painted their own like their biases onto that and then a little later we found like a, uh, a, a like a recording was released of like a two-hour long segment of what actually happened and it turns out that there was a group of uh gentlemen they were uh i believe they were black israelites they were actually there throwing slurs at everybody else, including those kids calling them, you know, these crackers, like products of incest or whatever it is. Yeah. And that's what caused those kids to start acting up. It's because it was just a retaliation of that, right? Mm -hmm. And then we found, you know, like, everybody shut up about what they were saying about um, what they initially thought. And the the kids basically sued like for whatever sum of money and like it was just this whole thing but mm-hmm. i really like that as an example because you never know what is true or you can't go off of just the first thing you see yeah 
Yeah. So yeah. No, I definitely agree. Yeah. It's like it's one of those examples of like an incomplete. Yeah, like an incomplete media source and like selective, selective video editing too. You know what I mean? Like it's very easy to show a certain angle from a camera, and then not consider the other things, right? Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with yeah, like think about where you're getting this news from. Is this news source trying to reinforce some of your existing biases? And is this from a, a place where you know if Fox News releases something, oh my you can be pretty sure you know what Fox News' <laughs> intentions are like. Fox News doesn't really release anything with, without one singular intention that's pretty much glorifying Mr. President Donald Trump. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there, yeah. There are obvious, obvious sources that like you know are obviously in one direction versus the other, and it's not about really finding the most objective direction because I don't think that exists. I don't think there's one media outlet that you can say is objective. Um, but I will say that like you do have to consider as much as you can. And another thing I want to want to mention too is like it's also okay to just shut off sometimes, you know. Like we live in this world that kind of forces you to care about so many different things. Like we're forced to care about so many different issues and like personally invest and put our emotion into all these issues. Like we have to care about you know the fires in Australia. We have to care about you know vegetarianism, but like also like you know not just animal cruelty, but like the environment. Like care about the environment, but like also like you know care about the environment, but like also realize that third world countries like have it much harder than we have because of colonialism, you know, like all these different things that we are forced to care about and we have to buy into and like, you know, like, yeah, colonialism is an issue, but like concentrate on the homelessness at home, not just the homelessness abroad. And like, mm-hmm. it, it gets really, really tiring. And I know a lot of my friends personally, and like, especially um, kind of sort of my older friends have started shutting off from this where they're like, you know, like, it's just too much effort. Like I try and disconnect as much as I can. And, you know, I spend time with my family my kids whatever it is these are like some of my much much older friends for sure mm-hmm. um because like it's just kids. so exhausting yeah yeah they have like yeah. you know one to two year old they're like 30 um yeah, okay. because it's so exhausting keeping up with all this right and like i think a, an important thing is to like for you to be effective at like you know kind of discerning things you do have to limit your fat- fatigue in a certain sense like you can't just always be turned on and like judging these things all the time because you won't be making good decisions if you're always doing that um, and that's a very important thing to realize. So one of the things I do is like, I do consume a lot of my media in the mornings, but then uh, once I come home, I don't read anything. I don't read anything um, news wise. I read books, you know, I like, I watch a couple of YouTube videos, but like, they're just like kind of fun videos. And I, you know, I do my own creative work, but I don't consume any media, like in terms of like news or like social media. Well, I mean, I, I waste a couple, you know, one, two meme page on Instagram. Um, <laughs> but other than that, I don't really consume any media uh, news-wise or, like, politics-wise or issue-wise past the hours of, like, 8 p.m. Just because, like, for me personally, um, I know if I'm processing things in that state, I'm not really making an educated decision on anything. I'm just kind of, like, mm-hmm. letting my emotions be swayed by whatever I'm reading. Um, and that's not something I really want to do in that sort of stage. And it also just stresses me out, bro, like, straight up. Like, it, it kind of just makes sure. me like stressed out about all the shit that's going on in the world and there's a lot of it happening but you know like um another book that i'm just just basically cracking open um is the better angels of our nature which is fantastic book um again i just like briefly i even gotten into it but essentially it's making the argument that the time that we're living in is actually the best possible time to be alive yeah like if you're looking at the rates of absolute poverty in the world oh, disease and like everything like 
we live in a much better time than like any time before in history and like if you don't believe that you're just deluding yourself mm-hmm. so it's important to stay like optimistic about that too and you know what even taking like a relevant example to what's happening the whole issue with coronavirus and all the racism that it's leading to is just oh ridiculous. Oh my god, yes, yeah. We have to touch on that because it's disgusting the amount of xenophobia with that. But yeah, continue. But yeah, it's like again, like this is just because and again, like it's a product of the hyperconnected time that we're living in. But we're seeing so much information about it. People think like, oh, it's at their doorstep. You know, like every yeah, like yes, it's sprung up in Wuhan, but like you can't just think that every single Chinese person that you see is carrying it. Yeah. You know I mean, like, I don't know. I, I, I hate that, that the, like the, the hatred that's springing up from this and just the, the reason like the people are just hiding behind the, these news outlets and just to claim defense in that, like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, it absolutely you know I mean? does not make sense at all. Yeah. And if you look at like the, the actual stats, like it's really not that bad. Like this is a lot more, in terms of like the spread and like the number of people it's been affecting, this is a lot less severe than like SARS, for example, which is in the same family of um, viruses that it, uh, it it's in. So, you know, be cognizant of that. Yeah, I think it's a really good point. It's easy for things to be sensationalized like that in today's media climate. And so like, you know, when something like that happens, regardless of whether it's something you should actually care about or not, it's very easy for it to seem like it's the end of the world, you know? And like, mm-hmm be careful of like, you know, like what kind of pictures are being shown, you know, in the media? Like, do you see pictures of like predominantly Asian people, like, you know, wearing masks and things like that? Like all of that subconsciously affects what you think of this virus. So like next time you see somebody that looks similar to that and you've seen like the headline, like, oh, danger, you know, like coronavirus outbreak, you know, millions infected or whatever, right? And you see that picture, your brain isn't smart enough to make those decisions for you. You know what I mean? Like you will make associations. And part of that is like, you can argue that like, you know, it's part of our natural evolution where we are meant to synthesize information really quickly and make those snap judgments because sometimes we don't have time to make those decisions evolutionarily. You know, when we're in the field, when we're in the jungle, we see stripes, we, we, we dash, bro. Cause we're not trying to get mm. eaten by a tiger. Um, and that, those same characteristics that might've helped us back then aren't necessarily helping us now. And we have to be, realize that, like, we're very manipulatable, you know, manipulatable, whatever, however you say that. It's easy to manipulate us, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I guess, on that note, I guess we can just call it a night. Yeah, man. Just stay woke, you know? Realize, realize, realize. Um <laughs> <laughs> realize real lies no realize real eyes real lies real eyes real lies real lies yeah yes man. stay woke kids stay woke. <laughs> anyways yeah we hope you guys enjoyed listening to this episode uh, this is a topic that we've been meaning to talk about for a long time we still have a lot of thoughts on it so we may drop an episode two uh let us know uh if you guys would be open to something like that or like interested in learning more about something like this but yeah, the, the topic of media is definitely a lengthy one. And there's a lot of things to consider in today's media climate. Uh, but we hope that you guys feel empowered to like, you know, take this into your own hands and really be proactive about it rather than reactive to whatever you guys see everywhere. For sure. And as always, we appreciate any feedback. And if there's any episode suggestions you guys have for us, 
definitely send them our way. Um, we'd love to kind of delve into that a bit too. So that being said, yeah, yeah, take care. Yeah, peace. Love y'all. Have a good night. Good night, man.